today. It's um, it, it's a touchy subject today, um, and, and I hope you pray for me like I asked you to. Uh, but I want to say uh, uh, pray again before we begin today. And so if you'll bow with me. Now, Heavenly Father, God, we, we just praise you, Lord. Again, we love you. Uh, we just pray, God, that during this time, Lord, that uh, you will hide me back, lay on back behind the cross, Father, that you will increase, that, that I will, that we will as a as a group will decrease, Lord, and that your words will be uh, brought forth this morning, Father, uh, by your Holy Spirit, Father, for your glory. We praise you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, a biblical look at marriage. Has anyone ever seen the movie The Princess Bride? Okay, so y'all will y'all will appreciate the following. Go ahead, Miss Run. You know what's going in, right? It's a guy who can't enunciate his words clearly. Okay. You can go ahead. We can't, we can't hear it very good, but marriage, right? The dream within a dream. Uh, and so, you know, it's just a classic scene there. Is he can't, but anyway. Um, so I heard about this, um, that this, this, mar- this newly married couple, right? These newlyweds, kind of, kind of like you, know, you guys, right? And they, they went to a friend's house. Okay, the guy I was like, okay, um, uh, you know, he was having a little trouble as a newlywed. He was having trouble. Um, saying the right things to his wife. But he had a friend who'd been married for like 10 years, right? And, and he was pretty good, you know. He, he was kind of kind of smooth and suave and, and had all the right things to say. And so he said, look, man, you know, hey, just come have breakfast with us one morning, and, and I'm going to show you how it's done, okay? And you just kind of take mental notes, all right, and see if you can do it too. Right? And so they're, they're eating breakfast, you know, and, and uh, the, the, you know, the, the smooth one, the, the more experienced one kind of looked at his friend and said, so he looked over at his wife. He said, pass the honey, honey. And she was like, oh, this is so sweet. Oh, you know. And, and you know, the, the newlywed guy was like, okay, okay, all right. I see what he's doing. I see what he did there. They kept eating, talking, you know, a little bit later. And, and he, he says, watch this, watch this. He looks over at his wife says, pass the sugar, sugar. And she was like, oh, it's so sweet. Oh, you know. And, and so, uh, you know, the, the newlywed guy was like, hmm, I think I, can, I think I can try this on, right? I think I can try this on, you know, one time. You know, so he, he gets his uh, bravery up, his courage up, and he looks over at his wife, and he says, pass the bacon, pig. Um, okay. Um, that did not go over well, as you can imagine. Uh, or maybe, uh, maybe you're, you're, uh, maybe that was simply a rookie, right? He was a newlywed, okay? Um, don't, don't do that with Candace, okay? You miss, don't say bacon pig, all right? Um, maybe it was just a newlywed, newlywed mistake, or maybe you're like this guy, or who, this, this couple, first year of marriage, sugar dumpling, I'm really worried about my baby girl. This is, he's worried about his wife, not feeling good, right? You've got a bad sniffle, and there's no telling about, these things with all the strep going around. I'm putting you in the hospital this afternoon for a general checkup. 
and a good rest. I know the food's lousy, but I'll be bringing your meals in from Texas Roadhouse. I already have it all arranged from the four, with this four superintendent, all right? Um, second year, listen, darling, I don't like the sound of that cough. I've called Doc Miller to rush over here. Now, you go to bed like a good girl just for, just for me, okay? Third year, uh, maybe you'd better lie down, honey. Uh, nothing like a little rest when you feel lousy. I I'll bring you some soup. Uh, fourth year, now look, dear, be sensible. After you've fed the kids and done the dishes and washed the floor, wash the floor? You better lie down. Okay. Y'all are getting it. Okay. Fifth year, why don't you just take a couple aspirin? Okay. Or sixth year, I wish you'd just gargle or something instead of sitting around barking like a seal all evening. <laughs> so bad, right? Or the seventh year, for Pete's sake, stop sneezing. Are you trying to give me pneumonia? Right. So either way, why... Either way, while it's slightly humorous, um, you know, and I hope you know, hope you, you like the little jokes there. Uh, marriage and divorce is no laughing matter, um, and I'm sure the following stats won't surprise you. But these are current statistics. Now, these are the ten. These are ten facts about divorce in 2021. I'm just going to share with you five, uh, for the sake of time. Uh, this was as of 2021. Almost 50% of all marriages in the United States will end in divorce or separation. Okay, that's been pretty constant for years now. Um, and it's the same among um, church-going people. Okay? Um, the average age for couples going through their first divorce is 30 years old. Uh, wives are the ones who most often file for divorce at 60, 66% on average. Um, people are 75% more likely to end their marriage if a friend is divorced. That's not, not a very good friend example, I don't think. Uh, and then 48% of those who marry before the age of 18 are likely to divorce within 10 years compared to 25% of those who marry after the age of 25. So there's some value in waiting uh, and, you know, some, and having some wisdom there. And then a few more. Um, every 13 seconds, every 13 seconds, there is a divorce in America. Every 13 seconds. Um, that equates to 277 divorces per hour, 6,646 divorces per day, 46,523 divorces per week, and 2,419,196 divorces per year. More than 554 divorce, divorces occur during your typical rom-com, romantic comedy movie. Kind of ironic, uh, two hours. And there are nine divorces in the time it takes for a couple to recite their wedding vows. Pretty sad. And, and, and let, me, let me give a disclaimer because uh, I know this is a, a tough topic to discuss in, in, in many ways, okay? Um, I know it personally. My parents are divorced. Okay? Um, they're both remarried and they're both doing fine. Okay? Uh, but I just wanted to, to, to uh, say um, I'm not going to take a judgmental tone here okay? um, because that's not the point. Um, Ms. Ron and I were talking about it earlier. It, it's not, as, as JD, Pastor J.D. Greer has said, it's not the unforgivable sin. Right? Uh, and, and I'm going to refer to it later at the end, at the end of the, the um, sermon today about the scarlet letter and you know, from Nathaniel Hawthorne. It's not the scarlet letter D, you know, for divorce, you know. Um, but, man, our church, our churches have treated it that way, okay, sometimes. And so um, people have moved on from divorces. And I do want to look, however, at what Jesus says about marriage and divorce, mostly marriage. All right, the last section, we'll, we'll look at divorce. And so in today's passage, we're going to take the classic uh, English and reading uh, thing here um, uh, ladies who are English teachers, okay? Uh, and in today's passage, we're going to learn about the who, the what, the why, and the when today, okay? That's what we're going to look at. I'm not going to look at the where, all right? But we're going to look at those four, and those will be our main our main points, okay? 
And, and so um, read with me as I read uh, Mark 10, 1 through 6. I mean, you know, read it to yourself there. Uh, he set out from there, and he went to the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Then crowds converged on him again, and as it was his custom, he taught them again. Some Pharisees came to test him. How many times have we seen that happen when we're going through the book of Mark? A lot, right? And this is really the main, the main thing of this whole, you know, the, the Pharisees were, were trying to test him. And they asked, they asked, asking, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He replied to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. But Jesus told them, he wrote this command for you because of the hardness of your hearts. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. So number one, who? Okay. So the English, the English language can be confusing. We all admit that, ladies, who are English teachers, that the, you know, uh, is, is it true that it's actually harder than uh, than some other languages, like even Spanish? Am I right? That's what I've heard. Is that correct? Okay. And so it, it, it admittedly is is quite confusing to note just a couple affect versus effect, right? Um, affect is a verb meaning to influence. Effect is a noun meaning result. And an example, while the student didn't see how studying affected his test taking, the positive effects soon became clear. All right? Or how about lie versus lay? Is that any any other grammar Nazis in here? Okay, like my mom and I are, are that way. We can be we're like we see a sign, I'm like, oh my goodness. Right? Yeah. Um, and so lie versus lay. Lie is a verb meaning to recline or rest on a surface. Lay is a verb meaning to put a place. Right? And so Kim lies down to take a nap every day at 3.30 p.m. Before falling asleep, Kim lays her bracelet on the table. But it's, it can be confusing, right? Um, or how about loose, lose versus loose, right? Um, lose is a verb meaning to just misplace. Loose is an adjective meaning slack, movable, or weak. I always manage to lose my loose-fitting tank top, right? And so it's confusing. I mean, you know, it, it can be. Um, but you know what? Something that is absolutely not confusing, and even my daughter gets it because we talked about it yesterday in the store when we we're trying to stall for Sally. All right, um, or at least it shouldn't be confusing. Things like light and dark, open close, right, in out, or man woman, right. I mean, uh, the first thing we see as far as a who is is the who is part of a biblical God ordained. God recognized marriage, and that's simply one woman and one one man, period. Okay? Now, it might not be popular, right? but it's the Word of God. Okay, so Genesis 1.27 simply says, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. The old saying growing up is they didn't, he didn't create Adam and, uh, and Steve. It was Adam and Eve. Right? Okay? And, and, and it, it is what it is. Okay? Now, uh, and I know that's not popular for the, in these days of gender identity and such. And, and I know that gay marriage is legal in like all 50 states. They're about to be. I don't know. I'm not even sure. Okay? Um, and we've all seen the TV shows. And, uh, you know, there, there's a movie that, man, we really liked, uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines. You know, it's a cute movie. And then at the end of it, though, you see that the daughter is, is, it has, a, has a, le a, a lesbian relationship. You know, and you're like, really? They had to add that the last five minutes of the movie, right? Uh, you can't even watch a commercial without them talking about it, right? And so you have to be very, very careful. When, you know, it's like Sally says, it's, it's if they if they have that in there, then they can be up for awards. You know, if they if they put something about LGBTQ or whatever, we've we've all seen them push the agenda, uh, and it and it seems to be working as far as the the consciousness of America, 
right? Uh, in fact, I read a statistic that said by June of 2021, 70% of Americans say that marriages between same-sex couples should be recognized by the state, uh, by the law as valid, with the same rights as traditional marriages. Now, I think that's kind of high, okay? Um, uh, but only, did you know that only 7.1% identify as LGBTQ? But we change everything, right? Same for those for seven percent, and that's actually though double the number it was in like 2012. All right, but still, uh, very interesting. But just because it's legal in this country, in most places, does not mean that it's recognized by such as God, by God. Okay, um, that's different. See, marriage was invented by God, not by man. We don't have the authority or the ability to change what marriage is. Okay, now the the most that an individual or a government can do is misapply the term to relationships that are not actually marriages. Real marriage is between a man and a woman, not between two men, not between two women. And I know that's not popular, but it's the Word of God. Okay, amen? So, in today's passage, we'll learn. Okay, again, that was, that was the who. Now, let's look at the what and the why. We're going to kind of put those in the, same, uh, in the same section here today, okay, as it pertains to marriage. So, let's look at the next three verses, 7 through 9 in Mark chapter 10. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, number two is the what. Now, what do I mean by the what? For this question, we look at what is required by the participants involved being man and woman. Okay? And we've already established that fact. Okay? So the participants are to do two things according to Scripture. Okay? Lead parents, join together. And you're probably like, okay, duh. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. All right, so the text from the Old Testament that Jesus was referring to here is Genesis 2, 24. That is, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. He was quoting Scripture from, from Genesis, okay? And I love that Jesus went back to the beginning, amen? Uh, oh, that we need to do that more often. We need to go back to the beginning of the book. Amen, Coach? All right, we have to go back to the beginning. And so let's look at that first part, to leave parents, Leave parents. I saw some funny tweets recently about in-laws, and you know, in-law, you know, movies. There's some. There's four or five. There's several movies. Some really, really popular ones, and that's the whole theme is dealing with in-laws. It's it's an ongoing joke, right? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful I have uh, great in-laws. All right, um, but you know, movies like My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Anybody familiar with that one? Or um, Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers is both dealing with in-laws. All right, um, you know, or or Monster in-law. Is another one, All right? But I saw a few t a few tweets that I, I, I thought were I had to share. It says they're kind of cute. It says when I die, I want to be buried next to the Krispy Kreme. At least my daughter-in-law will visit me there. That's so mean. All right. Or um, a golfer hits a ball and it misses the green by inches. His partner says that's called a son-in-law shot. It's not what you expected, but you'll take it. <laughs> that's pretty good and I'll remember that when, they, when, my, when, when my girls get married uh, but, but anyway and while that might be funny we all know that there are situations where the husband or the wife need to break away from their parents and one of the two or both don't okay? um, and, and, and it's not just physically but mentally and emotionally as well they still go back to you know the, the, their parents it's like wait a minute you're, you're supposed to leave the parents now I'm not saying you don't have anything to do with them all right, but physically, mentally, emotionally, you're you're a unit now, okay. And, and again, I'm not saying that you never talk to the parents, but really, your spouse should be your best friend. All right, um, there's a theologian Schweitzer who really pointed out the idea of it, you know, in that context when when this was was written and when Jesus said this, um, the forsaking of the house 
of one's father was far more meaningful at that time. Okay, it, a man would forsake the solidarity and protection of his own clan to go off. All right, it was huge. It was a really, really big deal. Okay, that was a big deal. And the next, join together. So, so leave the parents. Join together, one flesh. The term here, oh, man, I love you. I know I love the details. Uh, the term here has the idea of gluing two things together. Isn't that cool? Gluing, okay, gluing two things together, like crazy glue. And see, I hear that will preach. And that, and that really spoke to me because, see, more couples need to hold their marriage together with crazy glue than with masking tape. Okay? We, we're okay with some little tape, a little clear tape, a little Scotch tape, okay? a little painter's tape. That's how we hold our, our marriages together in America. All right? Amen or oh me, it's the truth. All right? we, but, but that word is, is glue. Right? It should be difficult. It, it, and also, it has the, the idea of, let me just ask, okay? Um, has anyone ever done a three-legged race? Three, you know, from like field day, three-legged race. So me and Coach Mitchell, we're together, got our feet together. You know, we ain't going to win if we're fighting against each other. We got to be in unison, right? We got to be in sync as we go. All headed in the same direction, right? In one direction. And see, that's another thing is, is um, it, it says to join together. They're no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no one separate. Um, they have joined together and they become one flesh. And they need to be in that joining together. They need to be going in the same direction. Okay. You need to be going in the same direction. And, and um, because the idea is being yoked together, okay, like two animals. Some of y'all know this a little bit better, better from farms or whatever. Uh, but it, they should, it, the, the idea was to be yoked together, head in the same direction, working together, working things out, going in the same direction. See, that will also preach. So, you know, we, we, we got to change our direction sometimes. Okay? We got to be willing to work. Okay, willing to, to, to work things out together. Because you, you hear things like, well, we just don't love each other anymore. <laughs> what? Or uh, we aren't going in the same direction anymore. He's headed in a different direction than I am. What? Change your direction. Amen? Change your direction then. See, love is a choice. Love is a choice. I, I don't know if I did this with a couple uh, of, of couples in here that I, that I um, did their weddings for. I think I did. I, have, I don't know if I do it with everybody, but there's been couples who I had. You can nod your head if I did this with you. But I, but I say, hey, I, in the middle of counseling, I say, hey, I want you, I want you to look at each other real for, for just a few moments. Look at each other, all right? And I say, all right, now listen, okay? She won't always be that pretty, and he won't always be that good looking, all right? You still want to get married? Okay, now, I don't know if we did that or not with you guys, but I have with some. Okay, uh, and because the point is, it's a choice. It's a choice. The the gushy, lovey, dovey feelings are not always there. Okay, as you as you go through life, but you make a choice. Be committed to that individual. Amen. Amen. Right? And so you're you're there. Love is a choice. Uh, and and I love what what David Gusick says. And using terms like join together and separate, Jesus reminds us that divorce is really like an amputation. See. It's just chopping off your arm, okay? And, and if we looked at it with, with that, you know, seriousness, I think that, uh, that we'll all be in better shape. And while the central statement is not up there, Miss Rhonda, I know, I don't know why I did the way I did this time, but I uh, know that we're doing the who, what, why, and, and when here. So let's look at the why next, okay? And, and the question on the why is the purpose of marriage. What is the purpose of marriage? See, marriage is a picture of Christ in the church, Okay? That's one of the purposes. Look, read with me Ephesians 5, 22-32. And I know it's, it's kind of lengthy, but it's important. Okay, And this is something else that we a lot of times we'll read in, in counseling. See, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. 
because a husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives will submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own body bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man, we, mentioned, we read it earlier, will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. See, it's, it, it's how God designed the world from the beginning with Adam and Eve. See, marriage is a permanent relationship. The relationship with, between Jesus Christ and his church is forever. It's permanent. Okay? Just like Sally said that, she even said it this morning as we're going, going to church. It means it's forever. It's a picture of the church and, and the relationship with Christ. And that stays together forever. Amen? All right? See, Jesus said that the ver divorce wasn't even part of the original plan, right? but was instituted because of their hardness of heart. Look in verse 5. Because of their hardness of heart. So basically what Jesus was saying was that Moses didn't command divorce. He allowed it in certain situations. He wouldn't say, hey, go get divorced. Okay? All right? He was allowing certain situations. I like the way the ESV study Bible says, from the moment they are married, those people, they're unified in a mysterious way that belongs to no other human relationship. It is a special, special bond. Amen? And again, you make a choice. So in today's passage, we'll learn about the who, the what, the why, and the when as it pertains to marriage and divorce. So let's look at the last one, the last three verses in this section, in this passage. When they are in the house again, the disciples questioned him about this matter. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. Also, if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. See, we um, we, we had, before I was married to, to Sally, we had a lot of conversations. I mean, anything from like small little things like do you put your toilet paper roll on the top or the bottom? I'm like, you know, and I would be asking her, is this a, is this a... Is this an essential or non-essential? Okay, like, is this going to break, you know, like, I mean, because, man, if I mess up on the toilet tissue, I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, all right. But and then it's just like, well, you know, will you spank your kids? I'm like, I know this is essential. Yes, okay, uh, by, the, by the word of God, okay. Uh, and so, and she was like, okay, we, we, we can keep dating, you know. I mean, whew, I was like, I passed the test, brother. All right, and so it was a big deal. And I can remember uh, the scariest, the scariest thing I, I, uh, I, I probably at that point in my life I've ever done was to go to Sally's uh, parents right, and ask for permission to marry uh, their daughter. Yes, I'm old school, old fashioned, okay? And I did it. And boy, I was scared to death. Okay, I was so scared, y'all, that I called one of my good friends at the time. I was in Lee in Madison County, all right? And I was living in a little U parsonage over there. And I called my friend Joe, who's, who uh, she lives in Czechoslovakia, all right, as a missionary over there. I said, Joe, man, Dude, I need you to come to my house right now, brother. He said, why? I said, I need you to pray with me right now, okay, because I'm going to go talk to Sally's parents today, and I need, I need prayer, prayer right now. So we prayed. I was so scared. And what I really appreciate about um, her dad, her mom was smiling the whole time, all right, but what I appreciate about her dad was that he didn't just say, he didn't give me the easy way. All right? Now, at the time, I didn't like it, okay, but as, as time goes on, I'm like, I appreciated that he actually asked me really good questions, and he was serious. And he was like, you know, 
knew your parents, you know, are divorced. Is that is that an option? Like I can't, you know, I can't help that, right? Uh, but at the same time, I could see where, you know, because there's a pattern, all right, uh, of there that's been shown, you know, statistically, right, as far as divorce. And I'm like, no, I, I'm that is not an option for me, right? And he was like, you know, and asked me a couple other questions, and then he's like, I'll be glad to have you as my son-in-law. I was like. Whoa. You know, praise God. Um, but it was a big deal. And so, um, and it was so funny because Sally had no idea. She was like emceeing the Miss Swanee High School pageant that night. And, and her, her mom was just glowing the whole time. She's wondering, like, why is my mom so happy right now? It's like, but anyway, a couple of days later I asked her. But anyway, to marry me. But marriage, again, it, it's how, um, it, it, it's, it was very, very tough. And then Sally and I have said many, many times since then that you're stuck with me. Anybody remember that old song? Uh, yes, it's true. I'm stuck with you. Huey Lewis and Muse. I can't remember how to go. How it goes. Right? I'm happy to be stuck with you. Right? You're stuck with me. Like I ain't going nowhere. And she's like, I ain't going nowhere either. Amen. All right. You, you stick. And, and see, that's actually Huey Lewis and Muse didn't know they were preaching. Right? Stuck. Remember? Glue. They didn't even know. Come on, Huey Lewis. There you go. But anyway, uh, but it, it's it's uh, uh, the idea is that well, I'm not going anywhere. Divorce is not an option. See, here's the thing. We as humans like to travel the path of least, least resistance, right? Amen or amen. Whatever's easier, okay, that's what I like. Uh, and, and that's the path that, that we're going to choose over and over again. But see, this cannot be our modus operandi in marriage. It, it can't be. Marriage is tough. We make a choice to love each other daily. But, but think about how people go into marriages and they get a prenuptial agreement. Y'all know anybody who's done that? They get prenups, you know? Well, they're already looking for an out before they got in. Like, well, I mean, they, they're already looking for a way out. See, we, I mean, like they're thinking about divorce like they've already lost. If that's what they're going into the marriage thinking about, then they've already lost. Like some people, again, are already looking for a way out before they even say, I do. Right? You know, guess what? They, they should have never gotten married in the first place. Okay? Because it, it's, it's important that, uh, that we realize it's a, it's a permanent thing. See, once again, and, and this is where I want to give you a little bit of background. As I, I alluded to earlier, that the, the Pharisees were testing Jesus. Okay, that's why they brought this up. They're Jesus hanging out, and once again, the Pharisees try to trap him. Okay, and they were specifically hoping that Jesus would incriminate himself through misinterpreting the law. See, at that time, there was a very significant debate in the correct interpretation of Moses's divorce regulations. Okay, so Mark 10, verse 4. So if you want to look back, I think it's going to be up there, uh, Miss Rhonda. Mark 10, verse 4. Okay, yes. They said, well, Moses permitted us to write divorce papers and send her away. Okay, and again, like I said earlier, it was a, a allowed. It wasn't a command. It was allowance. But here's an example. Let me give an example from Deuteronomy 24, verse 1. If a man marries a woman, but she becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, he may write her a divorce certificate, hand it to her, and send her away from his house. Okay, well, this is where you have two dominant schools of thought. Okay, according to D.A. Carson, I'm gonna let me summarize the two schools of thought, and it really comes off comes off of or from that right there. Okay, uh, the the idea of if she um, when she finds something indecent about her. Okay, what does that mean? So the interpretation of that, um, you know, created two schools. You have the school of of, of Rabbi Shammai. It was a more strict side. Okay, it was, uh, he said that indecent meant only sexual indecency. Okay? Uh, meaning that Moses was saying that if a man divorced his wife, um, discovered, excuse me, discovered his wife had been sexually unfaithful, he could divorce her. Okay? 
On the other side, you had the school of Rabbi Hillel. Hillel said, indecent me anything you didn't like about her. Okay? I mean, like, seriously, um, maybe she has indecent behavior um, or indecent cooking skills or maybe indecent morning breath. These were real things, okay? Um, uh, we actually have record of him saying, if she consistently burns the bread, you may divorce her. Don't, don't burn the toast, okay? <laughs> don't burn the chicken, Miss Jan. Like, you know, um, Hillel said, if you fall out of love with her, divorce her. If you fall in love with someone else, divorce her. Very, very liberal, very, very open, okay? Completely different sides, right? See, that's a, that, again, this is a test. It's a test. Um, and, and even more so, John the Baptist had just been killed, okay, by Herod Antipas because he spoke against his marriage to his brother's wife, okay? So he, he in that context, see, they, they hoped the Pharisees knew what they were doing. They were trying to trick Jesus so that Jesus could answer as John the Baptist had done, he could suffer the same fate. That's where it's coming from, y'all. Right? It, it, so, so are there any biblical reasons okay, for divorce? And, and I believe there are a few. And, and while this is widely debated, this is a widely debated topic, this is what I have come to understanding from my reading and study. And, and, you know, and I encourage you to do your own okay, on this because um, it, it may or may not be popular. I don't know. Again, I want to point out that I'm not being judgmental in the past is in the past. We can, you know, we're, we're, but moving forward, I believe there are two, right? Adultery, right? Sexual unfaithfulness, marital unfaithfulness, okay? And abandonment. Okay? Adultery and abandonment. Let's look at adultery first. Matthew 5, verse 32. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife, except in the case of sexual immorality, calls her to commit adultery, okay? And so, sexual immorality, right? adultery, See, whenever someone is unfaithful, that is a reason for someone, if they choose to, to get a divorce. But they can also choose to work it out. Okay? And boy, I, I can imagine how hard that must be. Okay? But there are people who have chosen to do just that, and they're still, and they're still together. Okay? And that is, that is an awesome uh, testimony. And then abandonment. Abandonment. Paul says in 1 Corinthians seven fifteen, But if the unbeliever leaves, let him leave. A brother or sister is not bound in such cases. God has called you to live in peace. And that is a situation, and that situation, the unbelieving spouse leaves the believing spouse okay, on their own. Right? So in that case, divorce is permitted. Okay? Now, side note, that's why it's so important to date Christians. Amen. All right, right, Alex, I see you, buddy, looking at you. Okay, date Christians. And, and, and date with a purpose of marriage. Right? You ain't just playing around. Okay. Uh, don't date anybody unless they're a prospect, all right? I, I, I'm not speaking to a couple people, only a few people here, but still, date with that in mind. Notice that, that things like incompatibility is not an option or, or not liking each other anymore or not, not in love with each other anymore, going in a different direction. That's, that's not one of the options. Misery, we're not grounds for divorce. Now, uh, for things like abuse, there are grounds for separation on that. Okay, be 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 very careful. I don't think somebody should be personally. I don't think a, a if, if a you know if there's abuse, physical abuse, right, um, I don't I don't particularly think that person should stay in that house for their safety. Okay, um, and, and separation is an option on that. Okay, and, and then I would say that person should should read the word and you know on that. I don't want to push that any further. So again, in today's passage, we we learned about the who, what, why, and when, and as we wrap up today. Um, and we, we ask um, Alex to come on up and, and Sally here in just a second. 
Does anyone remember the Scarlet Letter, that book? Anybody remember that? Scarlet Letter? Could you have it right? You probably taught it before. Uh-huh. Okay, you've taught it too. You know, I'll be honest, I haven't read it, okay, but I've read other stuff by Hawthorne and I'm familiar with it, okay? So just to be just to be completely transparent there. But I know there's a guy named Dimsdale, I believe he was a preacher, all right? And he had the letter A. All right, Scarlet Letter A on his chest, and then Hester Prine, who I believe he had a relationship with, I'm not mistaken, also. She wears the A, but he doesn't. He doesn't. Okay, thank you. He denied, that's right. So the whole idea, though, that, and I thank you for that. I'm going to change my notes. I appreciate my English teachers. But that A, can you imagine having a Scarlet Letter, big old bright red letter, A, and that standing for adultery? You know how awful that must be? But like I alluded to earlier, um, especially I think in the churches, it, it, for divorce, it's the big old bright red letter D. Okay? And, and it's like the unforgivable sin. right? Um, you know, we as a church over years have certainly treated it that way. You know? and, and I'll go as far as to say, um, since we talked about it as well earlier, homosexuality. You know, it's like the scarlet letter H for some people, for some churches. Okay? You know, and, and I didn't know I was going to say this, but I used to have this discussion with, with somebody in the past at church. And I told, I told Ms. Ron this earlier, you know, we would have this debate about, you know, whether they can come to church. You know, I'm like, well, where is he going to go? Like, we want them to come and hear the gospel. Amen. All right? But, and, 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 but he said, oh, no, they don't need to come. I said, so you're okay if somebody, you know, slept around on his wife and got drunk all night to come to church. You're just not okay with somebody who's homosexual coming. I'm like, I feel like you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. And we will never agree with that. But, uh, but there is forgiveness, amen? So here's the point. There is forgiveness. Let, let me let J. Vernon McGee, who's a whole lot better preacher than I'll ever be, uh, uh, let me read to you something he said about this. And even this was back even in the 80s, and it still applies. It says, I don't know why we will forgive a murderer, but often refuse to forgive a divorced person. We act almost as if he has committed the unpardonable sin. People who are saved after securing a divorce ought not to bear the stigma any more than any other name, who has, any other sinner has been saved. Okay? We are all sinners saved by grace. Amen? It just happens that divorce is their sin. All right? That'll preach. So grace and mercy is available today. All right? and, and I hope that uh, you realize that there is forgiveness and maybe that's what we all need to hear today. We need to hear the words, I forgive you, for no matter what sin it is. You know, my sin might be different than your sin, you know, but we're all sinful. We're all sinners saved by grace. Amen. And so, uh, if you have never uh, accepted what Jesus did on the cross, is counting for you. I pray that you'll make that decision today. I want to ask Sally to come up and lead.